Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on call-in. This is episode 57. Would Trump beat DeSantis? Recent polls show Ron DeSantis is closing in on Donald Trump. Do you think Trump would beat DeSantis? And who do you feel would be more dangerous and why? And I see we already got callers lined up here. So let's go ahead and bring in uh, Karthik. You are on the mic. Hey, Sabi. Um, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I guess if I had to pick between uh, Trump and uh, DeSantis, I'd probably pick Trump. You know, the camera loves him, you know. People can't uh, not run to him. Even the, I, I think the people that claim to hate him the most actually love him the most, especially TYT, because they all know that they need him just to survive. Because like, because well, whether it's on TV or YouTube, um, like people's views and and directly their money goes down when Trump's not around. So they just for financially, they're going to try to prop him up as much as possible, even though they'll claim they're doing the opposite. You know, lots of loser Donald segments and stuff. That's a good point. You know what? Mainstream media also benefits from Donald Trump running again, too, because CNN, you know, they've been hurting in the ratings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I said TV and YouTube. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can see. You know, it's interesting to me, too, because I did notice even this year, you know, even after Biden won, there are still some people that only talk about Donald Trump. And I'm just like, dude, why are you still talking about this? Stop giving this dude relevance. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess now it may make sense to talk about it, even though, like, it's still super early. So, like, you can, I feel like you should still wait, like, three, four months, you know? But, um, but so if Trump, you know, like, I, I guess, like, because I'm not even, because I think it might be possible that there may not even be any debates, like RNC debates. I'm sure there will be, but, like, because Trump could just be, like, so popular that he could, like, scare all the other candidates, potential candidates out, you know, so they don't run, like, um, DeSantis or Mike Pence or Nikki Haley or whoever, Mike Pompeo. So I, I wonder if we'll even have any debates. That's a good point. Almost like they may not want to even give Trump the uh, the media attention because of what happened before. And I, I do know that um, Stuart uh, Varney on Fox Business said that basically Trump is over and that he's not looking forward to like a Trump run, another Trump race. So but, you know, Fox News, they were against him in the beginning, too. But then when they saw that he was basically going to be the nominee they turned in favor of him so well, some people because i know i remember fox and friends were always very pro-trump but i know like some others like i feel like brett bear were more um neutral i guess than some other voices yeah but fox and friends always loved him yeah no you're right i think that you know it's 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 a scary time like i really wonder I don't know. Something tells me DeSantis is probably not going to run in 2024, but hey, that that could change. <laughs> you know, I could be wrong about that, but I wonder if anyone else is going to try to run if, you know, now knowing that Donald Trump has announced he's running again. I honestly think it's stupid for him to run again. I'm just going to be honest, like I don't understand it. It seems like this is more ego driven. Uh, oh, let me prove to everybody that I can win again. It's just like, dude, just just go on and live the rest of your life. Like, especially at that age, I don't understand why you want to come back to the White House. 
Uh, that's just my take on that. And then also, you know, once again, we have bad candidates again. We have Joe Biden. We have Donald Trump. Like Kamala Harris. Yeah. yeah, possibly Ron DeSantis. It's like once again, people are going to say, "Great, two people I don't want to vote for." Yeah, I feel like if for a general election kid, I feel like DeSantis would be easier. I mean, sorry, uh, tougher to beat because he kind of has like the more inward fascism, where Trump has like the more outward uh, style. Um, so Trump is like the uglier candidate, and DeSantis is like more polished, you know, more competent at least, like stylistically. Yeah, he's he's not as uh well. Don, the thing about Donald Trump is that he has no filter, no filter. He says whatever's on his mind. He doesn't care how it comes across. And I think Ron DeSantis, he he tends to be a little bit more uh, professional. If I'm not mistaken, I think. Didn't Ron DeSantis go to Yale? Yeah, well, yeah, he has a very polished background. Like, he acts like he's, like, you know, tough and rough. But, no, he has a very, like, elite background, too. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I did notice in Trump's announcement speech that he gave, there was something different this time around. He didn't seem as confident. Uh, he didn't seem as... I guess cocky, I should say, not necessarily confident. It was almost like he got the wind kicked out of his sails, uh, so to speak. And he just didn't come across the same as he did when he was running in 2016. He was definitely much more cocky. And this time around, he seemed a little bit subdued. Uh, I I don't know what that because he was reading a teleprompter because he looked like he was like, because I know like a lot of his speeches before they're like just unscripted. But I just Mm -hmm. thought he was calmer because he was reading a teleprompter because I remember in the past, whenever he read a teleprompter, people thought there's something wrong with him. But I think that's just because he had a script, not because he has, like, um, you know, uh, some sort of disease or old, because old, he's old. Okay, that would make sense then. That would it looked make- like he was reading off a script. Um, that, that's what it seemed like to me. But um, speaking of DeSantis, because I, I know DeSantis has, like, that whole populist stick. But he's very corporate, you know, very pro-corporate, very anti-establishment. Because, like, sorry, very pro-establishment, I mean. Because cause he had that, passed that law where you can't um, criticize Israel. And yep. I, I know, like, he got, like, like he got theoretical heat for um, for attacking Disney. And obviously, like, I, I forgot exactly what that whole fight was about. Like, the anti-woke bill or something. I don't remember all the details. But his, because of what he did, Disney actually pays less taxes now in florida than they did before i'm pretty sure so it's like populist maybe on the outside but very pro-corporate on the inside that's right that's right i know i hope he does not try to pretend like he's like grassroots or something because he definitely is not um and then also when it comes to um i know some people have said like joe rogan was one of those people like well yeah i I would vote for desantis because he's uh anti-censorship no he's not yeah, well, that's the thing about the DeSantis. Like, he looks good on the outside, but he's just as shitty as, as an authoritarian on the inside. Exactly. Exactly. It's all, it's all, um, it's, it's all flash over substance. Right. Like, and he's anti-censorship uh, against the issues that he doesn't feel 
you know, should be, should be censored. But at the same time, he tries to censor people. Isn't he the same one trying to remove books from schools in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he's one of those people that think that like free speech is just about having the freedom to say the uh, uh, N word, but not the freedom to criticize, you know, Israel or other powerful figures in government. Yep. And, yeah, the status quo. Like, like a lot of these people think that free speech just means, oh, the, 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 I, I can say the N word or, or that word or, you know, the R word for or the F word for gay people. The, 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 that's all their imagination on free speech extends to. That's right. That's right. Well said, Karthik. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, thanks, Sabi. And um, last thing I'll say is like, just like last time that the, like people like, I feel like TYT and others like, you know, like a lot of people like claim to hate him actually helped him a lot. And I'm worried that that's going to happen today. I mean, uh, not today, but you know, again, this time. They gave what? that mofo too much attention. I yeah, told do you remember people. the uh, Loser Donald segments that TYT did and Jake did nonstop, like 100 days straight? Yep. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have like some something similar where they act like, oh, we're the tough guys. We're, we're the guys on the front line, you know? But it's just like a financial incentive to do the um, to do opposite. Like, like even Anna Kasparian recently admitted that, that she likes Trump because like of the entertainment quality. So it, it, it's all very obvious now. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I, I just clicked on a random TYT video a few months ago and it was about Trump and how like how she says, oh yeah, he's so entertaining, you know, I just wish she wasn't president. And so I'm happy they finally admitted that, that, that they like him. Because uh, like, they always pretend that they hate him nonstop, but I'm happy they admitted it finally. That's all I have to say. Well said. Thank you so much for calling in, Karthik. Okay. I am going to go to Eric. I believe this is Eric Gray. What's up, Eric? What's up? What's up? <laughs> um... Here we go. The Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump show. How fun. For nobody ever. Um, so, so Ron is way more dangerous. And it's not even a contest. So in terms of Florida, he's popular for a lot of things. A lot of really stupid things. So especially with how he's been dealing with us as teachers... Well, what he calls dealing with us. Um, whether it's uh, the whole... Especially because you know I teach math. So he he apparently banned 54 of our books. And um, because apparently they had woke math problems in them. Whatever that means. Is woke? <laughs> Eric, what's a woke math problem? Okay, so I have a joke for this. Um... So I say, okay, um, so, so let's say, let's say Billy calls little Tyrone the N-word. How fast will little Billy catch a fade from Tyrone? That's, that's my little joke about that. (laughs) Because there is, there is no problem that's like that in any textbook whatsoever. It's, It's so 54 of our 132 books just gone oh and something you might not know Sabin. so i'm teaching a class this year it's it's a quote new class it's such bullshit it's called math for finance math for data and financial literacy 
And literally, they just copy and pasted the economics curriculum. Because I'm I like, this curriculum sounds familiar. So I look, lo and behold, the economics curriculum, copy and paste it, and just change the name of the class. <laughs> oh, oh, this, this just keeps getting better. Um, Savvy's like, damn, how much worse is this shit? <laughs> so, so, yeah, he had his uh, stupid little holiday for all for some of these um for the for the Cuban bourgeoisie um about the evils of communism and how communism ruined Cuba apparently and and I'm kind of going uh um do you not know American history here mm-hmm. do, you not, do you not know how big the communist party here was <laughs> uh you might want to ask people like W.B. Du Bois and Paul Robeson and people like that. You, you, you know, just just saying, brother. Um, they don't even explain communism uh, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> I, have mm. to, I, have to, I have to kind of mention that in passing. I can't really go into it. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's also... Like I was telling, I was I had to mention this. Like, y'all don't get everything in history because you would know how the Communist Party was a big political party in America, um, along with the two socialist parties and labor. Um, yeah. So, also, he he's he's popular because of this whole because the whole perception of anti-censorship, even though he's not that. Right. And and on top of the fact, like I said, with these edu- with us as educators, um he's apparently there's this um this guard program he's trying to pull he's trying to this guardian program he's trying to push. And because he's been poking his head in local races too. That's what a lot of people don't know as well for like school board and stuff like that. He's been poking his head in those races. See? So yeah, and it, and I and really when I when he did that, I'm like I thought of Savvy right then and there. Um, but yeah, he's poked his head in these little races. Now you got these random clowns suggesting this Guardian program, where um, this is suggesting like staff members or teachers, whatever, carry guns. I'm like, uh, no. And <laughs> <laughs> no. even like when you talk to the most like. Pro Second Amendment gun gun toting teacher, like pro Second Amendment teacher, whatever, yada yada. They're even like, hell no, like hell no, that doesn't belong here. So, well, I will say what's really interesting to me: it's always people who have never been teachers, yeah, trying to tell teachers how they should run their classroom. Yeah. And I have to I have to correct some people even on other chats that I'm in, and it's like um, like when I was at the alternative center, I'm like, you come do this. I'm like, you come step step in my place for for a day, see how long you last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you because some of y'all have not dealt with a student with students just cussing you out straight up in your face, or throwing a desk at you. Yeah, that which has happened in in one of my classrooms where one of my classmates threw a desk at my teacher. Oh, damn. 
teachers aren't just teachers anymore. They want teachers to be guidance counselors. They want teachers to be like a parent. They want I'm, teachers to do so many things. I'm gonna need you to up this check. <laughs> you know, I'm, mm -hmm. gonna, I'm gonna need you to up this check. And when I mean up this check, don't, don't do this. To do that stingy ass bullshit of like we're gonna we're gonna up your check a little small percent. No 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 fuck that. Don't do how you did teacher pay. You know you know how Ron DeSantis quote unquote boosted teacher pay, but this fool. Yeah. But what they did was they didn't scale it. So a lot of the newer teachers, so <clears throat> a lot of the newer teachers are making, or what, a thousand dollars less than veteran teachers have been there for like decade at least a decade. Wow. Yeah, because it wasn't scale. So you didn't, didn't even do the increase right. But um, now he wants to brag about how he wants to, oh, let's, let's put a, a former police or former military or firemen or whatever the fuck. Let's put these former service people into the classrooms. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Meanwhile, my idea works a lot better. Jesus Christ, like just build, just go back to building ecosystems for shit. And when you invest the time in a building ecosystem, it can ultimately self-sustain. Oh. Well, the other question I have too, because I've heard people say that they like the way he handled the pandemic. So like, for example, uh, my friend that lives in Florida, she said, by the way, she's vote blue no matter who. So oh. she doesn't even like to her. Ron DeSantis is like she's not even thinking about him. Baltimore. But even she, even she said she liked the way he handled the pandemic in the sense that he didn't shut Florida down like some of the other governors did, right? And I have to ask you, Eric, is that a big selling point for a lot of people in yes. in Florida? Yes, yes, it is. And the sad part. See, this is this is why this is why the federal government being trash is this. Instead of doing like other countries did, I think like Germany and other places did, where they nationalized their payrolls. I mean, you could have just kept people on their jobs. Yep. Um, that's where something like MMT could have been applied. But they're like, oh, we don't want too many people to know about this, so we're not going to do it. And that's what allows people like Ron DeSantis to say, "Fuck that." We're, we're not going to shut down. We're just going to stay open. Now, granted, we had case after case at the motherfucking case. And I don't know if you saw what happened to Rebecca Jones. I don't know if you I saw. Did not. So there's a video of um, apparently um, she was the data scientist or whatever that was reporting the actual like COVID stuff or whatever for the state. And I know Farron Cousins did a video on this a while back, but she actually. Um, the police actually knocked up, I think, like, came came to a house or whatever, came into the door or whatever, and ended up having their guns out and stuff. And she's over here in the video screaming, like, they're pointing guns at my children. Because apparently what, the officer had to gun, point the gun up, like, upstairs. And her kids were up there. And I'm like, huh. God damn. Wow. You poor little white girl, you got the black folks treatment, huh? Holy crap. Shit. Yeah, I think her like 
computer was taken or some of, some of the stuff was taken. Uh, like the the story the story itself is nuts. It's just <sighs> and you know you know he's still popular with a lot of the um, Hispanic descendants, a lot of Cubans, whatnot, and. Of course, I'm going to have a few Hispanic students and whatnot, so I'm thanking God I don't teach history. Because how, do Af- how do African-Americans in Florida feel about Ron DeSantis? Because the Democratic candidate <laughs> didn't get a lot of support. <laughs> I was like, good Lord, he, like, he destroyed that guy. No, Charlie Chris, this man switched parties like people switch, like people change clothes. I mean... Uh, like, bruh, you were a Republican turned Democrat. You still, you're just you're still the same dumb person anyway. Um, this whole Republican light thing doesn't work. So, yeah, Chris was garbage still. But I'm, I'm looking like this is the battle of trash cans. Okay. And I'm like, yep, everybody in Florida kind of knew. Yep, you're getting blown the fuck out. And lo and behold, it wasn't a surprise. None of my students were surprised either. So they were like, I heard, I heard uh, Charlie Chris speak once, and I fell asleep. <laughs> it's it's true. Like it's just like he could do. Um, what's the what's the popular thing on uh, YouTube? The YouTube videos that put people to sleep. Um, Asmar is that what it's called? ASMR. ASMR. He could do that. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, Florida is a mess. And especially, apparently, um, he's gotten some popularity, too, from Ian. Even though that wasn't handled the best. Mm. And especially because I, I was in the direct area it was hit. So... Yo, I, I, my, my friend lost their house, man. Yeah. I, luckily, nothing happened in our apartment complex, but um, apparently the apartment complex in front of us, a boat got, I guess, got blown into the middle of the complex. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is as confused as anybody else. Like, yo, how did this even get here? And, oh, because the wind was so bad and the storm surge and all that bull. Um, we still got debris. People still have debris out, um, still. And yeah, the way this was handled wasn't the best because you still had a lot of the stubborn older people that still want to stay in these damn trailers and shit. And I'm like, get your ass out. I never understood that. Like when I lived down South, I never understood that. They tell you that, look, there's a Category 5 hurricane coming this way. You guys really need to evacuate. And I've been through multiple hurricanes in my life. But when Floyd came through, we knew it was time to jet. So we did what we needed to do. I never understood the people who are the ride or die. I'm going to stay with my house people. Stay with your house for what? Your Your house can be replaced. You can't. Like, it's just... A lot of it feels like ingrained selfishness. And mm-hmm. it's just that, I guess you could say it's that colonizer mentality, but 
Oh my God. If you ever call out the mentality. What's just like, is staying with your house going to prevent your house from being blown over? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you the key to making sure your house doesn't get damaged? You so, and you alone? Some people can't get over Some people are just too attached to, to their houses and shit. I'm like, meanwhile, post-hurricane is always the fun part. Mm-hmm. Because the cleanup, it's, uh, let's get ready to rumble with these insurance companies. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling everybody, like, at some point, y'all get tired of doing this. Because this is just, because they're just going to nickel and nickel and dime you and try to duck their way out of the claim. What? You pay all this shit for insurance and then we have to use it. Oh, see what happened was uh, Pookie Ray Ray then was down by the club and, um, you know, mm. well, I'll say like, I agree with you, Eric. I think DeSantis would be more dangerous. I really do. Yeah. Especially this this move they that you showed. I was like, I figured Sab was going to talk about the thing that that the that the state just pulled to ensure that he can run and still be governor at the same time. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but it, what's even crazier is if you look at the state constitution, there is no there is no measure to impeach the governor. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I, I looked. Through, I, I didn't believe somebody when they told me that. I'm like, they're like, dude, look. So I looked, I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. There's no measure to impeach a governor here. (laughs) (laughs) We are so, like, Florida's just such a backwards-ass place. Like, the South as a whole is backwards. I thought Alabama was backwards. Damn. I mean, I mean, goddamn. Well, what was interesting is that DeSantis was able to win votes in blue districts. Yeah, because... Who does Charlie Chris inspire? Uh, nobody. Mm. I promise, if a baby heard him speak, the if a if a newborn baby heard him speak, the baby would try to crawl back into the womb. I mean, <laughs> I mean, good God, like you you totally suck. And and I kept telling people like the only way you be somebody like Ron DeSantis is if you actually get a real eco socialist to run against him, who mm. will. Call- on the environment who will call him out on a lot of this stuff who will actually call him out to the left on stuff the actual left not this, not this liberal bullshit the actual left mm-hmm. they're, scared, they're scared of a lot of the Hispanic vote uh, they're not the only vote genius Jeez. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, Florida is an interesting place. I, I've never lived there, but I've been there um, to visit. And it's it's very it's it's an interesting place. I mean, it's like it's also a, a weird state because there are certain parts of the state where you have like this influx of northern transplants yes. that have have settled there. Yeah. So like you go to like Florida, especially like South Florida, you'll go to like South Florida. And if you were to go to a baseball game, you might actually see more Red Sox fans. I'm not kidding. Yeah, we have a, we had a Red Sox practice um, in Fort Myers. Yep. Yeah, it was just like 
I, I could definitely believe that. We, we'd get a lot of North, Northerners that come down here. So, even though it's a small-ass city. Man, I tell you. I tell you. Well, Eric, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to go to the next caller, which is Robin. No problem. Appreciate it. All right. Okay, Robin, you are on the mic. Just have to hit unmute. Hello? Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, I just wanted to say that your last three or four lives, basically on your own channel and on RBN, I have been wanting to comment on so many different things. But, um, you know, and I'll try to talk about as, you know, as much as I can. But in terms of um, Trump and DeSantis, and whether or not who is worse or whatever, you know, I would say that from a, a liberal perspective, I'm not a liberal, and I, I think I've shared that with you before, I would say that the liberal would obviously think that DeSantis is worse than Trump. Um, but I, you know, when you were on RBN earlier tonight and you were like, what, what is going on with Kanye and all this other kind of stuff? I, I told my mom earlier today, I think that Trump and maybe even Kanye may be trying to set themselves up for a, an independent run. Um, because it may be a situation where both of them realize that they can't get a Republican nomination. And, you know, and so then if they lose, they want to get the momentum to do with uh, an independent run. And, you know, I know that there was a time that Trump had toyed with running as the reformed uh, presidential nominee. Uh, that was the party that Ross Perot had put together back then. Right. So um, it would not surprise me at all that even though Trump is putting in his hat as a Republican, if he does not win, I have I would not be surprised whatsoever if he ran as an independent whatsoever. Would not surprise me. Really? No, not at all. Because because Trump has no what is the word he has no foundational you know no core beliefs in terms of government or society or anything it's everything is all about him and so if he feels like the republicans are not for him he's going to run independently he's not for he's not for limited government he's not for big government he's for donald trump Mm, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, seriously. So I can see him, if he doesn't win, running for himself as an independent party. Um, and in terms of, you know, changing political laws for politicians and stuff, you know, if they, if Florida runs, uh, uh, changes the laws for uh, Ron DeSantis, none of this is new. Um and, you know, I am old enough to remember uh, that 
Lloyd Benson, you know, I, I told you before that I'm from Texas. Lloyd Benson was uh, Dukakis's vice president. And he was also up for re-election for the Senate in Texas. And this is before the red wave in Texas came through. And so uh, they had the laws changed specifically for Lloyd Benson so he could both literally be on the ballot as vice president for uh, Dukakis as well as retain his Senate seat. And he lost the race with Dukakis, but he won his seat as senator for the state of Texas. And like what? I said, this is, yes, ma'am, look it up. <laughs> look it up. This is before uh, we had, um, now I can't remember the, la- the, the lady's name, our only female governor. You may know her before me because her daughter was, uh, was the president of uh, Planned Parenthood for a minute and something. Oh my goodness. Anyway, but yes, Lloyd Benson in 1998 was on the ballot both as vice president and as senator. And we changed the laws for him to run that way. So he lost (laughs) to George Bush, George H.W. Bush at that time. Uh, but also retained his Senate seat. And then also the same thing happened with Rand Paul. Rand Paul ran for president in 2016, and he had the laws changed in Kentucky for him to run for re-election in 2016 as well. So this Um. is not new. So these they, they, people will do what they need to do. And, you know, and if their constituents like them and they want them to see an office in some, Ann Richards, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ann Richards was the one that, uh, <laughs> uh, that was at the time. I'm so, so sorry. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember her. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, but I, I was just saying that, uh, you know, this is nothing new, that there are states where if you've got divided government, you can say, well, you know, like here in Texas, we like George H.W. Bush. This was during a time, if you remember, around the time of, uh, this was the first Iraq war, you know, and we were all for George H.W. Bush and he was our governor, I mean, our president at that time anyway, we were going to vote for him. Texas was not going to vote for Dukakis anyway. Mm. And I don't even know why Lloyd uh, Dukakis picked Lloyd Benson, but in in any event, this is before the Republican red wave came across. But people still like Lloyd Benson, so they made sure that we voted for Lloyd Benson as senator, but kept George, H., you know, uh, but voted for George H. W. Bush as president at the same time. I think he was vice president at the time. I think. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there from a historical perspective. Um, when it comes to Ron DeSantis and whether or not he is going to be, uh, more dangerous, I will kind of take that back to listening to CJ earlier today, uh, when he was talking about how, um, the, 
the Democrats were potentially looking at a GOP person to nominate to be the Speaker of the House and maybe even hinting at whether or not they were going to uh, look at that warmonger <laughs> uh, woman from Wyoming. What's her name? Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. <laughs> oh my God. Right, right. And and so he was looking at that article from the Hill and he was saying like, you know, when they say that, you know, uh, this is going to be a situation, basically what they're saying is, is that uh, the, the people are, uh, they're, they, they are concerned that the GOP is going to do what the Democrats should have done with AOC. Mm. And so I agree with that as well. Um, so I just wanted to put my in, uh, insights on that. And then I just wanted to talk about as well, you know, a couple of days ago, uh, you were, you had Andrew Yang on and, you know, we had talked about third party stuff. And I said, you know, I'd vote for a ham sandwich and all this other kind of stuff or whatever. And I have been thinking about if I was going to vote for a third party candidate, what types of things I would be looking for that would make me, no matter what else uh, that person was for, what I would vote for. The person would, number one, have to be anti-war. I'm sick of the wars. Mm-hmm. I I do not. There was a time where I believed in just wars. I do not believe that there has been a just war. Now, I may be wrong, but I do not believe that there has been a just war since World War Two. I mean, now I can be educated and I can change my mind on that, but I can't. But from what I've learned so far, and I'm in, I'm literally talking about looking at stuff from yesterday. I don't know of any war post World War II that I can say this war was a just war. Mm. And so that's why anti war, if you are, you know, uh, anarchist or if you are socialist, communist or whatever, you know, I, I'll get with you on the anti-war piece and the anti-imperialism piece. Those two things together, I think that if people could band together because libertarian, I, I told you before, I'm a libertarian, little L libertarian. Libertarians are lazy. They're so lazy. <laughs> they are. They I because I believe that they have such good Uh-oh. Oh, I think you cut out for a little second, Robin. Uh-oh. It cut out on Robin after she said they were lazy. <laughs> oh, no. Let me see if I can um let me see if I can make uh, Robin a speaker if that'll fix that because it I think it's the the app more so poor Robin don't you guys think that's that's weird it happened right when she said they were lazy it's almost like somebody heard this and was like cut 
Oh no, Robin! Oh no! I don't know if it was, uh... Let's see if I can invite her to... Oh! Is that you, Robin? No? I don't know what happened. Let me go ahead and make, um... Ashura, I'm gonna make you a speaker. And, um, hopefully, um... Robin will be able to to come back. So Ashura, I invited you to speak if you want to become a speaker. Um, but the anti-war thing is a big one for me. Anti-imperialism is another big one for me. And that's the thing, like those are, I think those should be just as important as some of the other, some of the other policies like Medicare for all, I think those should be just as important. Ashura, what's your take on all this? Um, before I answer that question, um, did, did you know the movie The Bodyguard? You remember that movie? I do. Yeah, but uh, the movie uh, the movie basically became thirty years old, and I was reading an article. It was Kevin Costner that was talking about, and they said that they didn't want Whitney Houston as uh, as one of the. Uh, she, they didn't want him. They didn't want in the movie because she was black. Wait, what? They didn't want they didn't want Whitney Houston and the bodyguard because she was black. The whole damn soundtrack is made by Whitney Houston. <laughs> yeah. That's what Kevin Costner said. Basically, it's because she was black, so they didn't want her in the movie. What? I mean that that last scene in the bodyguard when he takes out the bad guy. I mean that that that, that was epic. He takes one bullet and then he takes another shot at him right in the eye. Who would have played the role? I'm trying to figure out who would have played that role. Like, seriously, she was extremely popular at the time. Uh, and she can sing her, she sang her own songs and she made the whole soundtrack. Wait, now, the movie, the movie didn't do that well at the box office, but the soundtrack did yeah. very well. Yeah, because I, I remember in the 90s, they used to do like, uh, they used to do soundtracks for, for their own movies, like singers that are in a movie, they would do their own soundtracks. And yep. They would just pass them on, pass them on like music, uh, music channels. So, anyways, about the Trump and DeSantis, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Trump. I mean, he, if he wants to basically win, he should he should definitely pick uh, Ron DeSantis because him and uh, what's that guy like him? Um, that pastor dude, I forget what his name. The guy that was vice president. He was vice president. Mike Pence. Mike Pence. Yeah. Like Mike Pence basically hates Donald Trump. I mean, they they've been bad. <laughs> they've been like on uh, on, uh, on like bad. Like it's been bad. Yeah, it's been bad for between those two. So I I think Trump should basically pick DeSantis if he wants to win. But why is he why is he picking a fight with DeSantis? <laughs> Ego. <laughs> Ego and pride. <laughs> I'm like, real. Just 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 pick the winning horse. I'm telling you, dude. But you know what? And then some of that could be the fact that maybe Ron DeSantis doesn't want to be a running mate. Maybe he, if he's going to do it, maybe he wants to be be president, you know? Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was kind of stupid for him to try to pick a fight with him. I'm just like, uh, he's on your side. Like, <laughs> like what? Trump, Trump reminds me of a mob boss. Like, Trump just go after anybody. Yeah. 
But uh, Donald Trump basically has like when he's thirty percent, forty percent base. But the other, the other base, like the sixty percent, they just tell him to shut the fuck up. Like every time Trump basically talks, he brings the election up. Said he, he, he said he, he, he was cheated. But I'm like, even your, even the, the core, even your basically um, the rational Republicans, even they know it's some bullshit. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Because that, that's yep. why that's why they they, they turn against him, and he's got that thirty percent, forty percent base that will basically ride or die for him. I'm like, why don't you just get those people back? Shut, shut up about the race. Just take your L. Yeah, that's that's a big part of the problem, too. Um, I don't know. Like, again, I just see once again, we have a bunch of people that I don't want any of them. Any of them. And I'm going to be honest with you, Ashura, because I know you're in Canada, but I'm going to be honest. The list of potential presidential candidates is is getting pretty slim. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like they're really running out of options. Anytime I hear them say, oh, well, Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg may be a good. I'm like, they have been picking people for the Democrat, for the, at least for the Democratic Party nominations. They're trying to pick people that have no support from the African-American community. You can't win as a Democrat candidate without getting that support from African-Americans. So I'm like, why the hell are you bringing up Pete Buttigieg? This guy got less than 1% support from African-Americans when he ran in 2020. Like, they don't want, people don't want him. So like they're bringing up people like him. The Republican Party's bringing up people like, let's do Donald Trump again. Let's put in like, I, I'm like, who? It's it's really sad. Yeah, because uh, even with Pete Buttigieg, I think Pete Buttigieg is just a he's a racist. He just hides behind his sexuality. You got like um, they, they they keep putting all these Democrats you don't want. The Republicans, if they really want to win, they just pick DeSantis. Let the Democrats basically fight with each other, like who they want to who they want to basically put against DeSantis. DeSantis will just basically beat the shit out of them. Yeah, well, right now, Trump is leading in the polls, but DeSantis is catching up to him. So, I mean, how much, it, how much is DeSantis? DeSantis is, is catching. So, right now, Trump has 80% favorability, 80%. But, here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. DeSantis hasn't announced that he's running. And if DeSantis announced that he was running, I bet you he would catch up to him a lot faster. Okay. He might pass Donald Trump. Who knows? But I mean, to me, it just, I'm thinking about what Robin said about maybe Donald Trump and Kanye West might be trying to do some type of dirty break where he doesn't, yeah, like if they don't win, if he doesn't win the Republican primary, he might run as independent. That would be interesting. And I feel like Trump would probably do something like that because ego (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny that they they, they bring up uh, they bring up uh, Mr. Yee. I didn't know I didn't know basically uh, uh, Kanye West changed his name to Yee. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'll be honest, like um, Kanye West, like him running. Only thing Kanye West is gonna do is basically give jobs to people who need it. That's it. But he'll lose. Yeah. 
I don't think Kanye West has a, a chance of winning. I don't think he has a chance of winning. I mean, he's aligned himself with white supremacists now. Like this, this guy. I don't know, man. This guy, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm seriously concerned. Like I told you guys, I really think there's something off. Like in reference to mental health, I think he needs some help. I really do. Yeah, because uh, I knew there's something wrong with him. But then you got the media that's basically uh, is all happy that Kanye West is self-destructing himself, and I'm like. Why are you basically going after the guy? If it was a white person that was had mental mental uh, mental disabilities, you tell everybody to basically be kind to that person. That person basically right. is suffering, but because he's black and he's Republican, uh, no shit on him. Mm. Let me go ahead. I'm gonna bring in Cool Blue too. Cool Blue, you're on the mic. You just have to unmute. Hello. Just making sure you can hey, hear me. Hi, I sent in a live chat tonight. I want to reread it. It says 2024 consideration. Trump gets renominated. The winning party in the general election is the Democratic Party that is a hold, whether it's Joe Biden or somebody else, but I think it would be Biden. And the GOP doesn't win their pickup of the presidency until 2028 with Ron DeSantis. The point I wanted to get at is I think Ron DeSantis uh, no matter how you go over his record, he has the political intelligence, instinct, and skill to know when to run and when not to run. So he may decide not to run in 2024, figuring that enough GOP primaries and caucuses voters still want Trump and they will go ahead and renominate him. And DeSantis may figure, considering how the 2022 midterm elections, yes, the Republicans won majority pickup of the House but they didn't perform to the level that they should have based on historic voting pattern. DeSantis may figure 2024 is not the year that 2028 is. And, you know, when a White House party wins two consecutive terms, their attempt to win a third term usually is an underperformance of the second term, which is why we often get nowadays no party holding the presidency for more than two consecutive terms that that third attempt ends up flipping to the opposition party. So DeSantis may figure his year is 2028. Holy crap, Cool Blue, you're right. Yeah, let me give you examples. Franklin Roosevelt, after his second term, his third was an underperformance of his second. His fourth was an underperformance of his third. The 1980s, Ronald Reagan carried 49 states with re-election in 1984. Well, George Bush in 1988 lost nine of those states and carried 40. The only time a party has had a higher third cycle than the second was Teddy Roosevelt in 1904. That was after William McKinley in 1896 and 1900. So the Republicans might have a better opportunity winning back the presidency in 2028 than 2024. And if that person is specifically going to be Ron DeSantis, He'll probably have that figured out. Wow. Well said, Cool Blue. That actually, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because you're right. I, I'm I'm thinking about it. Even if we go back to Obama, he had two terms and then it flipped to Republican. Uh, Bill Clinton had two terms and then it flipped to Republican. You're right. Yeah. 
my theory is that the, the enough voters get kind of tired of the incumbent party after the, after at some point during the second term, and they're gradually shifting towards the opposition. That's why I think that plays out. Wow. That's this all be, I need to say. Be, yeah, this will be really interesting because I know that was another thing, too, that Rokana was also asked if he would run in 2024. And he said that, you know, Biden will be running. If Biden's running in 2024. He would not. But also he doesn't want to run in 2024 anyway. But there is a possibility for him to run in 2028. And this is this is really interesting. Like, I honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I think if it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, and this is assuming that nobody else comes in for Joe Biden. If it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, I think it's going to be close. And, and I, I think some people may not want to hear that, but I'm trying to tell you guys, Trump's base is still very much there. Some people have walked away from Trumpism. I said Trumpism. It's not even a word. Uh, some people have walked away from it, but for the most part, his base and his supporters are still there. Um, what would be interesting to see if it ends up being someone like Ron DeSantis that ran against Joe Biden? I honestly think Ron DeSantis would beat Joe Biden. A lot of that depends on the circumstances of what's going on, like weather conditions, so to speak. So that's why DeSantis, if he doesn't run in 2024, might get a sense that in 2024, the winning party for the presidency will be Democratic again and figure, wait until 2028. Very interesting. We can't know this for sure here in November 2022. These are only my guesses based on some pattern. That's true. Well, it'll be interesting to see who else announces next year. Um, Good we'll talking see. with you again. Thank you so much, Cool Blue. All right. I think I... I, I do think I, I I think I lost Robin and it sucks because I wanted to hear what she was going to say. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and bring in the next caller, which is uh, Brent. You are on the mic. Hi. Hello. Hello. So um, I was uh, listening to your um, interview with Andrew Yang and um, I know there's some of your most passionate fans here. They're going to be upset with me, but um I just wanted to ask because it seems like it'd be like a trend with other pot, like when other podcasters view, interview politicians, they seem to have a different tone versus when they talk to their viewers. So, um, when you interviewed Andrew Yang and asked him about the war, uh, with between Russia and Ukraine, um, and about the invasion and how people would be, um, questioning why the money for Ukraine is not used for things like healthcare. Andrew right. Yang gave a, right. uh, an answer like, oh, uh, he was very wishy-washy. He didn't really answer the question. He's, he said something like, um, uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of things are spent excess for war, and that, but we, sh um, we should help Ukrainians, something like that. And I was expecting a follow-up from you because whenever I talk about uh, the Russia-Ukraine war, you're very firm and in your answers, but with 
Andrew Yang, you didn't give a follow-up, so maybe there's a, pro a certain protocol you follow when it comes to interviewing politicians or other people, or you felt maybe it wasn't appropriate. So I was just wondering why you didn't follow up on Andrew Yang's, frankly, BS answer. Well, number one, wow, number that was towards the, the end of the interview. Yeah. And if you notice, I believe I only had one more question after that. Yes, I had, that yeah. was the Israel question that came in after that. Um, part of what, and, and thanks for that, that question, Brent, because this gives me the opportunity to explain uh, interviews to people listening. Part of, one of the things that you run into when you're doing interviews is time. So I ran into the same situation with Rokana. Unfortunately, with Rokana, I didn't even get a chance to ask that question. And that was one of the questions I had on my list. Thankfully, with, with Andrew Yang, I was able to get to the Julian Assange question and the Ukraine question and the Israel-Palestine conflict. Uh, but the big thing with a lot of these interviews is time. So when you reserve, when you book them, when you get an interview with them, they only have a certain amount of time. And that being said, sometimes you don't know how long it's going to take them to answer a question. Now, usually what I try to do is I try to prep beforehand and I watch interviews that they've already done, but that doesn't always work in my favor. Sometimes I'll watch an interview they've done with someone else and then they answer questions very quickly, but then they'll come on to my show and it'll take them like five, six, seven minutes to answer one question. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. So time is is the number one thing for me. And I had I had to ask that Israel-Palestine question. And the reason why I had to ask that is because that was one of the things that people had negative views about with Andrew Yang was his position on Israel and Palestine. So I knew that if I was going to interview him, it wouldn't be right for me that I ask about that. Some people won't. Um so that was part of it was the time. And then the other thing was, yeah, there's a different tone from when I'm interviewing someone and I'm talking to the audience. When I interview people, I try to be professional. And so one thing to keep in mind is that I did major in broadcast journalism. So that's actually how I started. And I started off doing interviews before I did news. So one of the things that they that we learned is that when you're interviewing people, even if you're upset with them, there's a way that you can push back on them. You can disagree with them. But I would never yell at someone that I'm interviewing, if that makes sense, right. because once you start yelling at people and I, I have seen this happen, once you start yelling at people, guess what they can do? Just be like, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and let you yell at me and they can just leave then you don't get the chance to even answer the other, ask the other questions. So that's one right. of the things is like, yeah, when I'm interviewing someone, I try to be professional, whether I agree with them or not. In reference to the answer that he gave about the Russia, Ukraine thing. To me, it was like, you guys know where I stand on that issue. But also I felt like by that point of the interview, I think Andrew Yang had exposed himself. And that's that's the thing. I do interview a little bit differently. My interview style is a little bit different than some other podcasters. What I tend to do is to ask the questions and I let the interviewee, I let them reveal their self. So, like, I don't have to yell at people. And I, I saw, like, an interview that, um, what's that guy's name? Oh, Jink Uger, that he did with Rokana. 
where he was like yelling at him the whole time. And I was just like, when you do that, people going to be looking at you and pointing fingers at you because you couldn't control your emotions. Whereas if you ask the questions in a professional way, but still be firm and stand firm, which I stood very firm uh, in reference to Andrew Yang about the policies. I, like I said, I don't believe in this party and I have no policies. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I still stand by that. I also told him I thought this the, the party, people going to look at it as though it's a grift because it has no policies. You see, he didn't like that. He got mad when I said that. But imagine how he would have responded if I yelled at him saying that. So I think that's the difference there. But I think that I let people reveal their self most of the time. And this is something I learned when I was in grad school. Like most of the time, if you just let people talk, they'll show people who they really are. But for me, it's just like, so yeah, like that's the answer to your question about that. But, ah, uh, okay. That makes, that makes yeah. total sense. Cause I mean, I asked this not because I like, I listen to different news channels and they do, they they're very professional and yada 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 and it just seemed like this you're being the similar professional which is which is great but it was kind of like hmm but this is prog a progressive podcast so I thought I was expecting a little more pushback but it makes sense with time um, you can only answer so many questions so um, yeah that's yeah. that clears things up and also you have to keep in mind too. You you also have to keep in mind. I have to be very careful. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't hear that last part, Brent. I think you. I think I think part of that last part, what you were saying, was cut out. But one of the things I have to be very mindful of as well is that there's a big difference from someone like me interviewing someone and Jink Uger interviewing someone. Jink Uger can yell at Rokan and Rokan will still come back on or other people will come back on and won't have a problem with it. But I also have to be mindful of the fact that I'm a black woman. And if I resort to that type of emotion, I will be viewed very differently. Yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate realities. Yeah. Cause Jank, I think, is has like a special relationship with some of these people that he brings on whereas with you it's more like a you don't have that same relationship so it's kind of like you have to be more um present yourself more uh professionally to continue getting um the access it makes total sense and i guess that's it um yeah i I keep I I, sh I sh probably should ignore your commenters the comments but they keep popping up but yeah I'm not trying to trap you or I'm not like a hater or anything I come on your show constantly so I uh, just want to say keep doing keep up the good work and so yeah thank you alrighty okay um we're gonna bring in Jay which I think Jay's profile picture is sideways maybe that's me. That might just be an app thing. Um, we're going to bring in uh, Jay. You are now on the mic, but I do want to say this really quick. Good point about that, Brent, about like knowing people that you bring on. For the most part, you guys, the people that I bring on the interview, especially if it's someone that's a politician, for the most part, most of these people I don't know. Like, I have never met Andrew Yang. I have never met, like, most of the people that have come on, I have never, ever met in my life. 
Uh, Jill Stein is an exception because she lives here in Massachusetts. We, bo- we both live here in the area. So I actually have met her in person uh, multiple times. But most of the people that have come on, I have never met these people. <laughs> so it's just really interesting. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, Savvy, can you hear me? I can. Yay. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I got I to gotta confess to you that um, I live in Gloucester now, but I started in Medford, so we're not so far away on Mephor, as we say. Awesome. The fisherman town. Yeah, man. I'm a lobster fisherman by trade, but also an activist. But here's why I'm calling with some with some really bad news about fucking Ron DeSantis. So um, Abby Martin and her partner, Mike Prisoner, just dropped a very, very informative video where they had some uh, former innocent inmates from um, Guantanamo who DeSantis was stationed as a JAG officer there by the Bush administration. And it's a, it's a very detailed interview. I won't give you all the details, but anybody, you know, who's interested in him um, should listen to it. Um, I think everyone should listen to it because the fucker is really, really good at what he does. His, his hurricane shit, he came across really well. But the point that um, Abby made and convinced me totally uh, and I'm a former elected official in Gloucester, but that was decades ago in another life, is that he was sent there as a JAG officer to interview inmates and find out what they were finding unpleasant and to sort of be a liaison to the prisoners at a time when Bush was getting a lot of flack for running a torture facility. And she interviewed a, a, a sweet guy who was a put there, you know, sold there when he was a child and incarcerated for, I think it was a decade and a half for nothing. And he said that DeSantis first tried to defend everyone, find out what was bothering them. And then he used that against them. And he testified on Abby's podcast that DeSantis smiled when he saw him being tortured and that he's a sadistic torturing. Um, I, I don't even have the word, you know with military backing and she also talked about on the podcast and again you're you know i just basically called for your listeners to to know that so they can tune in that um he was also in fallujah um doing the same job for jag you know another hotbed of torture and so so he's ex upper echelon military with a history of torture that's just the kind of a person that you know, lots of people who run this country would probably like to see an office. Um, well, well, well. So really sorry. I'm sorry to bring you all this horrible news uh, for someone who, you know, I watched some of his hurricane coverage and the dude is a good speaker. He's a good schmoozer. As politicians go, he's He's much better at it than Trump. So we got our choices between a sadistic torturer or a narcissist, you know. <laughs> wow, great, wow. I'll have to, I'm going to have to check that out. You said it was Abby Martin? Abby Martin and my prisoner just dropped it. Um, this week it came into my feed, you know. It's a very detailed analysis. So folks should check it out because, boy, it unfortunately looks to me like he's just the kind of dude like, you know, 
the uh, the surveillance state and the oligarchs would love to see in power. Man, he's an evil, he's an evil, sinister son of a bitch like the rest of them that rule this world and um, are running it off the rails. You know? So again, I, I'm I'm sorry to be the harbinger of bad news, but uh, you know we got to put the truth out there, right? No, it's true. I mean, I don't like either. I don't like DeSantis or Trump. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. No, Republican I, or Democrat, but yeah, people I, do need to know about that. Thank you so much for for telling me. I'm going to check out that video from from Abby Martin. I didn't even know Ron DeSantis was in the military. Yeah, apparently. Well, I mean, the vid. I don't want to rehash the video, but in case some of your listeners are too don't get to it, you know, he's mentioned his military service, but always vaguely, you know. So they sort of thought there was a red flag that, well, Mike Prisoner, Abby Martin's partner, did. So they, they followed up and found some some press reports, you know, where he was. But but that's the deal. He was a JAG officer, and he was at Guantanamo. And I listened to a very, um, you know, credible Arab man talk about how he smirked while he was being tortured, you know. So, well, well, well. So what the fuck? <laughs> this is terrible. I'm telling you guys. Well, I don't know if um if Eric Gray is still on the call, but Eric Gray, I'm telling you, you might be right that he's more dangerous because that's that's sick. And he, I mean, he has. I know from some of my Florida friends, just anecdotally, that he's very good at not. To my mind, Jesus, I don't want to see him be elected, you know, but but that he's good at, you know, he comes across well, he speaks well, he's intelligent. Um, so, so yeah, look out for this fucking guy. It's all we need is a smart one in there. It's bad enough to have narcissist Trump or, you know, demented, you know, Joe, but imagine the havoc a smart one could reap, you know? <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can go there, you know? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, Jay, thank you so much for, thank you so much for calling in and letting us know about that. Thank you for your work and, and, you know, peace and uh, a a big hug to everyone. And let's carry on and not uh, keep on keeping on. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Glad I finally caught up with you. I'm sorry. It's, it's, It's such bad news. A lot of times I listen to you driving home from work, you know, so it's nice to, uh, uh, it's nice to connect and um, yeah, I don't know. Big hug and thanks for being there. Peace. Awesome. Okay, let's bring in Amanda. You are the next caller. Hello, Amanda. We I I don't think we can't hear you, Amanda. Um. I'll, I'll invite you as a speaker. Sometimes that fixes that issue. Okay. Hello? Yeah, we can't hear you. I'm not sure if you're using um, the phone or if you're using your computer to do call-in. But for whatever reason, I can't hear you. Can you guys in the chat, can you guys hear Amanda? I want to make sure it's not just me. Because I don't... um. I don't think so. Well, I'll I'll leave you as a speaker, Amanda, when you figure out the uh, audio 
um, issue there. And I'll go ahead and bring in Bryant. Uh, Bryant, you just have to unmute. Hello. Hello. Hey, yeah, I'm kind of in that pessimistic uh, way, <laughs> too. When you're, when you're talking about Trump versus DeSantis, I think whoever control the enemies the, the most is going to win, uh, mm. at least the nomination. But if Trump gets the nomination, I doubt he's going to win the general. Because there's a difference between, you know, drumming up your base and then drumming up everybody else. That's a good point. That is a good point. You still got to get those independents, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we exist. <laughs> right. And right now, I don't know what, I don't know what conservative media is doing right now, but after that, that nightclub shooting, you would think they would want to kind of back off with the groomer stuff a little, just a little bit, but they're like tripling down mm -hmm. on it. And it's really looking really ugly when they, when they do stuff like that. Yep. Well, here's the thing. They, they, they have a base for that now. So now it's like, if they stop talking about it now, it just look bad. And honestly, I, I think people are running out of things to talk about. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. So right now they're like, oh, let's run the whole anti-woke rhetoric and da, 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 da. And how well did that work out for those Trump uh, endorsed candidates that ran that same way? Not to, with the exception of Ron DeSantis, not too well, not too well. So I think that whole thing about the shooter, like I might have to do another recap, <clears throat> another update on that story because more information has come out yesterday and today about the shooter. <clears throat> So when Max Blumenthal came on, I was able to jump on really quick before he he appeared and tell people, oh, by the way, the shooters, they say the shooter identifies as non-binary and uses the pronouns they and them. So I'm like, so I don't know what's happening. And then the, the, the father, the video of the father on Twitter, I'm not sure if you saw this, but the oh, father yeah. is saying that like he basically was more happy. Basically, he was more happy about the fact that, oh, OK, well, at least my son's not gay. Yeah. And yeah. not focus on the fact that he killed people. Right. Yeah, it's that's that that's kind of terrifying. I mean, and as much as people don't like the mainstream media, at least they know when to back off of certain that's topics. Right. Um, you know, there, there's a time and place to discuss certain things or discuss certain things in a certain way, but yep. like when you have something like this and you know, you have like Tucker and the rest of them pushing this groomer stuff and pushing it even harder since the shooting. Yep. It, it's, it's like, I don't really have a word for that. Well, you know, that's the thing with mainstream media. They're just going to go with what gives them high ratings. And if, if those kind of topics are giving them high ratings, they'll stay on it until higher ups tell them, okay, look, we can't, we can't discuss this anymore, but that's all they care about is this, is just the ratings. That's all that matters in, in mainstream media. I mean, even if you look around now, you guys see all the changes that have happened with CNN. Mm -hmm. See people have lost their shows or have been demoted and things like that. It's all about ratings. It's not even about the news anymore. You know, like real journalism is supposed to be about the facts, just reporting the stories and, and the facts. Not even about that anymore. It's just about ratings. Yeah, it's about spectacle and just keeping people angry all the time. Yep. And because rage sells. That's and, right. And, you know, kind of getting off a of base a little bit with like the whole 
uh, Twitter situation. It seems to me that media personalities care more about Twitter than regular people do. Yes. Because it's like, yeah, Trump came back and nothing's changed. (laughs) (laughs) Kanye came back and the world didn't end. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't rooting for him to come back, but I didn't even notice he was gone. <laughs> you know, so it, it's like, you know, and I, go, I guess a, a lot of media folks are on Twitter and they see Twitter as, as, as differently than regular folks do because they're talking about like the whole verified accounts and how important it was to them. And, and Elon wanted to take that away because he saw it as a prestige symbol. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, it's both. You know, it, it, it is a, a, um, a way of saying that this person's trusted, but it's also a way of, it's, it's a prestige symbol because what's the definition of a journalist? What makes one journalist more important than another one? How come, you know, some journalists have check marks and, you, and others don't? I mean, yep. check. do you have a check mark? Nope. Why not? <laughs> That's a good question. Like they're picky about who they, first of all, like for those who are not aware, it used to be a little bit easier to get that blue check mark than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they increased like the requirements. But the other thing too, is that they don't even include all journalists because I know people that have applied for that blue check mark and they were turned down and they like, you have to show that you publish so many articles or that you are trending under Google somehow, or you have a Wikipedia page. I know people that have applied for the Twitter verification. They have articles. They're legit like journalists and they were turned down. So it just, that's, that's what I'm saying. They're not even consistent with it. Like some people get that blue check and some people don't, but I mean, I don't think, and by the way, the Wikipedia thing, I don't think that's even a valid, I don't even think that should be a requirement because Uh the Wikipedia pages, some of the stuff on the Wikipedia pages isn't even correct. No, and, and Wikipedia by itself is kind of a click too, because it used to be pretty easy to write an, a, an article on Wikipedia. Yep. But now there's only a handful of, of like super editors, and it's really ran by them. Regular people yep. really can't contribute to that anymore. Yep. I mean, look at what the Wikipedia, remember we, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but we went over the Gray Zones Wikipedia page, like on my show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this was a couple weeks ago. Look at the stuff that the, the Wikipedia page about the gray zone. I'm like, who wrote? Right. Yeah, but I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, you talk about verification and say, oh, well, you're, you're a trusted source. And it's like trusted by who? You know, under, under what conditions? You know? Anyone can write. Yeah, it used to be like, I think anyone could add information to like Wikipedia pages. But like. Oh, yeah. You have no control over what they put on your Wikipedia page. Like, that's the thing. Like, right. you can even go to them and say, can you remove this? This actually isn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's up to whoever, whatever super editor is over there to decide, oh, well, no, no, you're, you're not allowed to, to talk about your own page. <laughs> but, but the page is about you. So I, I would think you would be an expert on yourself, right? That's right. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then where did they get some of the information from? Right. You know, right. where do they get that? So-and-so grew up and da da da. Where you get that information from? Mm-hmm. And just, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. But you're right. It has become like a status thing. You know, one of the things that uh, Max Blumenthal said recently, when he came on, he said, 
he thinks part of the reason why Garland Nixon was removed from Twitter is because Garland Nixon doesn't have a blue check mark. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was mass reported, but I guess having that check mark keeps you protected. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's it. <sighs> Right, right, right now, um, I don't even know what I want to talk about right now. I guess I'll ask you a question. Also, um, in terms of like Trump versus DeSantis, I think nobody's really ever heard DeSantis give a speech except people in Florida, have they? <laughs> I think they. Naturally, because nobody really knows what he sounds like. <laughs> um, all the speeches that, that I've seen him make are in Florida. Right. So pretty much once once America as a whole finds out what this dude sounds like, that might change their opinion on him. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Because, you know, right now, you know, everything's about image. Everything's about, you know, that's that's the one thing Trump was a master of is creating an image. And I don't know if. DeSantis is as media media trained as Trump is. I mean, even my own governor uh, in Mississippi fashes himself after Trump, but it's very clear he does not have any skill at all <laughs> at, at, at being a troll. It's just, no. Yeah, De- DeSantis knows how to be professional though when he speaks. And that, right. that was the difference between the thing about Donald Trump Mm-hmm. Is that Trump, like I said, he has no filter. Yeah. He has no filter. He don't think before right. he says stuff, but DeSantis, he know what he can get away with and what he can't get away with. And not only that, he does it in a professional way. Right, right. And I think Dave Chappelle, and I think Dave Chappelle was absolutely right um, about why so many people uh, were enthralled by Trump was because he was an honest liar. He, he said, yeah, the system's corrupt. And I know it's corrupt because I'm part of that system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the doubt he called all that all of that out and yeah. you know it just you know mike gravel did that too mm-hmm. you know they didn't really want to give mike gravel the time of day but mike right. gravel he called all of it out he called the warmongering out you know right. it just but they were laughing at really him. missed on the on on like the democratic side of things you had nobody on the democratic side who could speak like, I wouldn't say like Donald Trump, but was able to speak truth to power the way Donald Trump pretended he was doing. <laughs> that is true. I mean, like, like, you can say, nobody, nobody even on the Democratic side knows how to inspire people. Um, I mean, you can say whatever you want about Obama, and Obama had a lot of flaws, but he knew, he was an orator. He knew how to, how to, how to give a speech. <laughs> Um, but I don't know anybody on the Democratic side who knows how to do that now. Well, that was Bernie Sanders, but we all know how that went. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just don't know. Um, I, I, I just don't know what, what the Democrats are going to do going forward. When, when they actually have somebody... Who knows how to speak? How 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 are you going to campaign against that 
outside of your base. What are they going to do going forward? They're going to fundraise like they always do. That's really what it's all about. Fundraising, making money, getting more donors. Like that's really what this is all about. And so if they lose, it doesn't matter because they still made money. They, They made all that money fundraising. Yeah. That's what it all boils down to. So it's just like, that's why when people say, I feel like the Democrats don't care if they lose. And I'm just like, well, they might want to hold their seats, but at the same time, the end goal is fundraising. They're going to protect the oligarchy and, and look out for the oligarchy, corporate interests, and they're going to put the people last. Yeah. And that, at least that's what's happened my entire adult life. I wasn't alive when they passed Social Security and all and Medicare and all that shit. They ain't done nothing for, for me, uh, for my generation, since I've been an adult and I've been able to vote. When the last time they did something for us? Yeah, it's... They've gotten too comfortable and they've they've gotten to like, really like it's either us or somebody far worse than us. And it's like, I I hate being in that position. I think a lot of us hate being in that position where it's like vote for the person that that promises you everything and delivers you nothing or vote for the person who promises to hurt you and will make good on it. (laughs) That's right. That's so. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. Um, someone told me earlier today that Chris Hedges interviewed mm-hmm. Ralph Nader uh, yeah. recently. I'm going to go check that interview out because I saw a tweet from Ralph Nader telling people to vote for the Democrats. I'm like, what the hell is happening now? Yeah. Like, you know, everybody just people just throwing their hands up in the air. And it's just like, we can't get Trump again. So just go ahead and vote for the. And this is why the American people never win. This is why we don't get anywhere because we're just willing to settle. Right. It's we've gotten to like, we're not voting for people. We're voting against the other party. You know, nobody's excited about anybody. Nope. (laughs) Nope. You know, Bernie Sanders took a lot of our uh, excitement away. Yeah, Bernie Sanders, like he really energized us and got us all pumped up and then just sold us out to the Democratic Party. That's yeah. why I'm getting emails from Pelosi's team and Democrat mm-hmm. politicians that I've never voted for in my life. All these emails every other day. I'm just like, you gave your email list to the Democratic Party. If I wanted to vote for those corporate clowns, I would have been voting for them. If I wanted to donate to people like Nancy Pelosi, I would have been donating to her. So I'm just every day I check my email and I'm getting these emails and say, Sabrina, we need your help. No, motherfucker, I need y'all help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you gonna help us? Right. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen. Um... Was Schumer and uh, who, who was the woman running for governor in, in Georgia? Um, oh, oh, Stacey Abrams. Yeah, she I lost. saw so many of her ads and, and, and Schumer's ads. Yep. Like, y- y- y'all don't even represent represent my state. So wh- why, why are y'all talking to me? <laughs> That's right. That's right. People like, I got emails from Stacey Abrams team too. Like, Sabrina, we need your help. I don't even live there. Yeah. <laughs> you need my help for what? Right. Which, you know, at least it's your, the Democrat situation in, in those states are at least a, a lot better than, than in Mississippi. Because Mississippi, we basically have three parties. The Democratic Party is the smallest. And then you have the Republicans and then you have the MAGA Republicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Democrats are just there as a formality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you how bad it was. Um, not, not our last governor's election, but the election before that. Um, 
we had a candidate uh, nominated on, on the Democratic side who spent no money on ads, uh, no money, gave no interviews, had no signs. Nobody knew who he looked like. And the only reason he, he was the nominee was because his name was first on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> and he ran against two women who actually spent money on, on at least, you know, ads and, and, and stuff like that. And, and he got Trump because he had no platform. He just put his name on the ballot. And, so, and a lot of people figured, I don't know if the Republican Party put him up to it or if he just felt like, I don't know, I'll, I guess I'll run just for fun. Because all, all he literally did was just pay the fouling fee and his name was on the ballot and he got the nomination. And the media was there trying to find the guy because they didn't even know, the media didn't know what he looked like. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And this is for governor. This is crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm telling you, I saw them during the 2020 primaries. Yeah. Richard Ojeda actually was on MSNBC and announced his uh, presidential uh, run on right. MSNBC. Then the next week when I see them list the presidential candidates, they didn't even put him up there. Yeah. I was like, what is this? <laughs> well, I remember when they kept, when they, uh, when they misspelled uh, Andrew Yang's name. And they put up someone else's picture too and said Andrew Yang. And I was like, that's not Andrew Yang. Yeah. Like it just, it was very clear. I'm like, yo, like this is so corrupt. It's so corrupt. Like, but they had already picked, picked their people. Um, Ashura, I'm, I'm going to let you chime in here and then I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, is is the video of uh, Max Mubithorb where, where he gave an update on the shooter that basically the dad said that uh, he was relieved relieved that his son wasn't wasn't gay? Is the video on your channel? Um, it's the interview with Max Blumenthal at the very beginning of the video. I gave an update about how they said the shooter was non-binary. Um, but the video with the dad, that's on Twitter. That happened after I went live. So I'm going to have to show that again, too. It should be actually, if you follow me on Twitter, I think I retweeted that video yesterday. It, so it, you'll, it, you'll see it. So um, I don't know if the dad is a Republican, but that's fucked up. The fact that, the, the fact that you can skip over people that died. Yep. You, you you basically want to talk about your son who's not gay? Yep. But I got to tell you, dad didn't seem like he had it all together either. It, when you see that video, dad seemed like he was he was missing something upstairs. I'm, I'm letting you know right now. I don't know if he was on something or what, but dad did not have it all together. So more information keeps coming out about that story every day. And I'm just like, I don't even know if I believe half of this stuff. I'm like, so let me get this straight. This guy who they're now saying is non-binary and goes by they and them. He went to a gay nightclub to kill gay people. But the dad is saying that he's glad his son isn't gay. I'm confused. I'm really confused. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. There's something about this story just seems a little fishy to me. Yeah, because uh, I was like, "What the fuck?" When you said that, I was like, "What the fuck?" That that's like a that that, that that's like a that's like an uppercut. 
That's like a video game uppercut right there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All yeah. right, um, Brian and Ashura, thank you guys so much for hanging out tonight. I am going to wrap up a, a little bit earlier tonight. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back live on YouTube on Monday. And I hope you guys have a really good weekend because this week has been crazy. <laughs> so thank you guys so much.